We are <coughs> certainly glad that you're here with us. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Romans chapter 12. We are still in our series, Winning the War in Your Mind. If you need a Bible to look at while we're going through Scripture, we'll have several of them up on the screen, but... It's always good to, it's always good to know get, your way around yeah, the Bible. Get familiar with the Bible. Sometimes people think, well, I don't know how to do where. Well, it's okay to just look in the contents. Begin yep. there. That's where I started many years ago. That's right. And, and once you start getting yourself around, you feel a little bit more confident. So Romans chapter 12. Let's just pray before we begin. Approach the word of God. Father, we, we just so desire... Um, to be doers of your word, Lord. Mm. We're talking about a re- having a renewed mind and we desire to live with a renewed mind, just like Chris was exhorting there during worship. You, your promise is transformation when we have our mind renewed with your word. So help us, Holy Spirit, to recognize the lies that we have been believing. Lord, and your word tells us to demolish them, to That's cast right. them down and replace it with truth. And when we do that, your word promises when we know the truth and we abide there, We'll know it and it'll set us free. And so this is what we desire, Lord. Our heart is to walk in your good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. So help us, Holy Spirit, this morning. Be, be the teacher and guide as, as we preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, it says, How? By the renewing of your mind. Why should we do this? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Yes. So there's a great promise in this scripture. And if we are serious about wanting change in our life, and I believe you are, if you're sitting here, if you came to church this morning, if you're listening online, you're Mm -hmm. serious about wanting transformation in your life, we, we should be serious about that. We want to experience the will of God. Why bother with all of this if we're not going to be transformed and really experience who he is? But what we have to do is get our mind renewed to the will of God. If, If we really want to experience transformation, we have to do something with our mind. And that is to get it renewed. So have you been thinking in these last couple of weeks more about how you're thinking? Thinking what you're thinking. Think, I hope so. Yes. I hope so. That's how, the victory. How about any thought audits? <laughs> I spoke good. to somebody here that said, I did a thought audit, and I thought, what am I thinking? <laughs> and that's the whole point, to begin to stop and go, wait, 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 because of, you know, thousands of thoughts go through our mind every day. So we have to begin to be challenged. Yes. Our prayer is that these messages are inspiring you and challenging you about the importance of recognizing how you think and how important that is to how it's going to guide your life and actually give you the life that you have. Or so maybe some of you are recognizing, well, I have a pretty decent life, but you still find yourself complaining a lot. Anybody? Anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? I mean, when we stop and think about it, it's just like watching that video. We have so much to be thankful for. Think if you lived where that girl lived in that poverty. Yes. And so we have so much to be grateful for, but yet our minds tend to drift towards the negative. Things that we don't like, things that we can complain about. We can always seem like find something to complain about. 
So what do we know about our minds? We know that our mind is a battlefield, right? Yeah, yeah. it is a battlefield. Some yeah. of them are messed right? up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, hold on a second. Let me just get my notes going here. Something got stuck here. Wait a second, yeah. I want to get the scripture right here. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we know about our mind? We know this. This is on the next PowerPoint slide. Most of life's battles are won and lost yes. in your mind. This is so important that we recognize this. It all begins up here. If Come we on. want change in our life, we've got to recognize the battle that goes on in our life. And we win or lose depending on how we are thinking. Mm. And so the life that we have, we've been saying this and so, trying to say it in so many ways in the last couple of weeks, the life that we have in so many different aspects is the reflection of the thoughts that we think upon, the routine thoughts that we are thinking yeah. upon. You know, but what comes into your mind and what stays in your mind and you dwell on in your mind eventually comes out in your life. Yeah. Whether it's in how your mood is or how you're speaking and treating people, it, it, this is why we say to do a thought audit. So if you have a negative mind, we've been saying this, it's impossible to say, well, I want to have a good positive life. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can't have it if you <laughs> keep having a negative mindset. And so this scripture, 2 Corinthians uh, Chapter 10. Yeah, great scripture. This is a key thought if we want to win the war in our mind. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. In other words, we're not going to fight this war in our mind the way the world would, would do it. Right. The weapons, verse 4, that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And yes. so what, what is a stronghold? We, a stronghold is a wrong pattern of thinking. It's almost like a belief system in your right. mind. Lies that we believe about ourselves, about others, about life. And many of us are held hostage, really, by the lies that we believe. We want freedom, but we need to begin by examining the lies that we're believing. So what are we to do? This is verse 5. We demolish arguments in every high thing that sets itself up against the knowledge mm -hmm. of God. We take the word of God and we say the word is true, the lie is false, and we demolish the yes. argument. We take captive, it yeah. says, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Obedient to Christ means obedient to yes, his word. And so we have to know his word even to know who we are. It was a great song we sang this morning. I am who you say I am. Well, who does God say you are? This is important. It's, it's everything. It's so, everything. It's so, so we take captive. Say with me, we take captive. We take captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Yes. So if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, you, you recognize that your mind has a lot of power. God created us with a mind. Yeah, he wants right. us to use it. For his glory. Remember that old saying, used to be a mind is a terrible thing to waste. There used to be a, an advertisement on TV, maybe I'm dating myself, but it's true. <laughs> we need to use our mind to be obedient to Christ and then we can live out the will of God for our life. And the, the important thing is to know that you are responsible for what you think. There you go. Yeah. Think yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how these, uh, actually, the, the way we think actually creates neuropathways in our brain. 
-hmm. Remember that? We talked about that, how a consistent thought makes this pathway. And then what happens is your mind actually, it makes it easier for it to think that, that same thought. It's, it's like almost at times, depending on how you continually do this, it becomes a default in your thinking. And it's, it's, it's too easy to just make this pathway. And like we said, even though we have a pretty good life, don't we all find something to complain about? And we've got to stop that, you know? Now, it's okay if we have these neural pathways if we're thinking the right way. Can you, do you understand that? It's okay. As a matter of fact, we went through this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It tells us what we're supposed to think on. The Bible actually tells us what we're supposed to think on. But now if we have consistently thought negative thoughts, if we consistently thought anger or fear thoughts or or just jealousy thoughts or uh, sexually immoral thoughts, that's not good. You know, because... If you keep thinking the same thoughts, you start to take it as truth. You accept it as the truth. It, and then when you continually do that, it becomes your filter on how you see the world. How you judge yourself, how you judge other people, how you judge your situations. Now, a great example is this. If you, if, if you had something bad happen in your life, uh, you, you, you know, at times, and that becomes a framework for the way you look at everything. Let's say if you were, and some of you were, abused by a man, uh, and then what happens because of that experience and the things that you went through and the endurance that you had to, to get away from that, you now have this idea that, well, all men are abusers. That's your filter. But all men are not abusers. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. And so we have to come to a place where we are renewing our thinking. Do you understand And with this filter, whatever filter that we have created ourselves, it's how you start to judge the whole world. It's how you judge yourself. And it can be completely inaccurate. Totally inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Let's say that, uh, uh, for example, if if your parents would say all wealthy people are, are bad, they're cheaters. They got their money in a, a, an evil way. They're, they're no good, whatever. Well, then what happens when you later on in your life, you start to make money. <laughs> you start to succeed in your life. And then all of a sudden, you, what happens? Because that had been in your mind, you now feel guilty about it. You feel ashamed about that you're actually succeeding. And it's all the filter that you had as you were growing up. It's, it's, these things are important. Let's say that you grew up in a family that made derogatory uh, statements about people that were different than you. Whether it was the color of their skin, their ethnicity, the, the way they grew up, or, or whatever. Their social status. Your social else. status is right. It's just, these people, they're always lazy. These people, they're always these. These people, they're always so smart. These people, whatever. 
Do you see how that builds what you are, the filter that you have? See, we're talking about renewing your mind. We're talking about winning the battle in your mind. And what we have to do is think about what we're thinking. Why do we go to this default? Because we have created a pathway that it makes it so easy to think this Mm -hmm. way. Do you know that renewing your mind takes a lot of work? (laughs) that's all right god gives us endurance right come on yeah Yeah. keep his word of endurance so this is up on the powerpoint the mental filters that you have will shape how you see yourself shape how you see others shape how you see life so this is important yeah and what's interesting is you know, if you change the filter, often it changes then how you feel about things, how you think about things, change the filter, change the feel. Like, like when people yeah. post something on uh, Facebook or Instagram, social media, you know, and if you're posting something of a photo of yourself and you don't think it's very good, people put a filter on it, right? And what happens? Well, it changes the way it looks. It could look a whole lot better, right, with these filters, or it could look a whole lot worse. I don't know, depending on what you do. How many of you have ever done that before? Come on, no hands already. <laughs> All these modest, humble people. No, I'd never do that. <laughs> I don't even know what Facebook is. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're probably better off. <laughs> but for instance... I like this picture of Steve and me, this, this one. You know, we, we like that picture, okay? That's, that's cool. But then if, you, if I filter it and mess around with the filter, you could get this. It kind of changes the feel, right? It's like, if I just saw that, <laughs> you just look at that and be like, who are those people? What do they do with their life, right? <laughs> But when you change the filter, it it completely changes the feel, okay? And it's not just in a photo, you know, it's really true in your life. Like if you change the mental filter, this is, we're praying that you you grasp this today, it'll change the feel of your life, it'll change. So mental filters have been sometimes called, uh, people in psychology will call it like a cognitive bias, like cognitive just meaning the way you think, and Mm. a bias. It's like, I have this predisposed, preconceived idea of what this is, and I believe it's true, and you don't even hardly think about it. You just go, no, that's just the way it is. (laughs) Maybe we should switch this off the screen. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) We got the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the interpretation isn't even true. Right. But you've, you've developed this cognitive bias or this, this predisposed idea. It's like, no, I already know that. That's true about this situation. And when this happens, you know, I understand the people are like that. And, and it's like, this is why two different people can respond to the exact same, can respond totally different, I should say, to the exact same situation. All right? Oh, boy. It's we not know that. the facts that are different. Yeah. What happens is the filter that one person is hearing it in compared to the filter that the other person is hearing it in. For example, like if you in your workplace, let's say your supervisor might go and give the exact same feedback to, in the exact same way and if they could at the exact same time, but to two different people. And the way they receive the feedback could be really different. Same feedback. One person gets offended. Mm. Well, why are you telling me this? 
you don't know how valuable I am. I <laughs> you know, I don't even like you, anyways. <laughs> you know, oh. they could be thinking all this stuff. Why do you think you're doing giving me feedback like this? You don't know how valuable I am to this company. Whoa. But I do, right? Yeah. And the next person gets the same feedback, but in, w- receives it with a different filter. Yeah. They could say, "Well, hey." Thank you, that was helpful. It'll help me understand better like what to do next time. And I appreciate the fact that you told me that you were honest with me. Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> Two different filters. Yeah. Exact same facts, but different mental filters on how a person will respond. And so this is just important. I mean, you could get two different people coming into a church, oh, man. for instance. For sure. Somebody, somebody comes in already. Like, well, you know what? Here's their filter. Christians are all hypocrites. I hate this music. <laughs> <laughs> this place is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want money. Yeah. I don't like any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> then the next person could be right next, walking in the same door right next to them and say, these people are amazing. <laughs> it's so loving here, you know, and I love the music. You know, maybe I'm here because God wants me to be here. Mm-hmm. Exact same circumstances, exact same path into the sanctuary. It's your filter. It's my filter. Guess what? We all have a bad filter. Every single one of us. There's things that have to be <laughs> taken out, destroyed, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We have to do this. Because this is, we just two great examples of the exact same situation, two different filters. And you know what? The Bible talks about this too. And turn to Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. There you go. Numbers 13. So the Bible shows this right now. You know, science is just not catching up with the Bible. <laughs> so it's, it's important. Because since we're Christians, we should know these things. And as we are disciples, we're, we're being transformed because we're renewing our minds. Amen? Amen. Yes. Mm. Hallelujah. We're casting down imaginations that are raised up against the knowledge of God raised up against the knowledge of who God says you are. We're casting those things down. We're taking every thought captive. Well, here's the story here is Moses sent, uh, this is when they were going into the promised land, and Moses decided that he would take 12 spies and go in and spy out the land. 12 guys. They, they wanted to see what, how, the best way to go in. These guys, they all saw the exact same thing. <laughs> everything was exactly the same the facts were the same but the filters that they saw things through were completely different and Joshua and Caleb they come back they said oh my gosh this is a beautiful land it's filled and flowing with milk and honey and then, and then we saw walled cities there we've seen giants there but you know what look at verse 30 Look at verse 30. Numbers 13. Numbers 13, verse 30. He says they're bread for us. 
Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Yeah, yeah. They're saying, we're able to go do this. God said he's giving us his land. Let's go. Let's go. Let's take it. It's ours. <laughs> but then there's 10 other guys now <laughs> with a completely different report, but they saw the exact same thing. They also heard God say, I'm giving you the land. <laughs> look at yeah with milk and honey yeah, yeah look what it says it, it says verse 27 we're going to kind of jump around here they they agreed it's it's a land filled with milk and honey look what it says here they thus they told him he said we went into the land where you sent us and it clearly does flow with milk and honey and this is its fruit verse 23 is where they came back with uh, yeah. a cluster of grapes and some pomegranates and it was on a pole between two guys. This is how much it was. It, it, verse 23, then they came to the valley escrow. And from there, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and the figs. But here's, here's the finish in their report. We saw giants in the land. And they give this negative report. Let's look at verse 31 through 33. But then the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people for they're too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we had gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Didn't they just say that it was flowing with milk and honey? A couple, couple scriptures, they changed their mind. It's, a, it's the filter, folks. It's the filter. He says, devours its inhabitants. All the people, all, look, all the people whom we saw in it were men of great size. They were also like the Nephilim. The sons of Anak were part of the Nephilim. And we became, well, listen, we became like grasshoppers, what's it say? In our sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, do you think that they went up and, and interviewed these giants? Uh, do we look like grasshoppers to you? <laughs> you know they didn't talk to a single one. That's right. What's the filter? Yeah. What's yeah. the filter? So we all have a filter that needs to be changed in our minds. Yeah. According to the word yeah. of God. Because it says the mind of the flesh is death. Yeah. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. And I'm willing to do the work to change my thinking, my stinking thinking. <laughs> I, I'm so. willing to do it. And it, it's still a journey. It's still a journey. Yeah. But you know, you have to think about what you're thinking because it's the only way that you'll win the war in your mind. Right. Yeah. So they had basically what's called a grasshopper mentality about themselves. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and that's what they thought other people thought about them. And, and it just completely changed you know, yeah. their perception of everything, their emotions just all went in that direction. Negative. The whole picture of the future, the promised land ahead of them, everything just went dark. We aren't able. 
They're going to defeat us. We can't do it. So their mental filter produced despair in them. And it wasn't just in them, because we're going to read here, the whole nation was affected. All the other tribes were affected by it. Because negativity, as we know, is contagious. (laughs) (laughs) You start talking negative, and it's not long before everybody's chiming in, adding to it. So look what happened. This is Numbers 14, verses 1, after... After they gave what the Lord called an evil, a bad report, he actually called it an evil report. Right. Because they were not believing that God would help them to be able to overcome. It said, and all the congregation cried out with a loud voice. This is Numbers 14.1. And they wept that night. And all the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, would that we had died in Egypt. Listen to that. Or that we had died in this wilderness. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Who's saying this is all going to happen? He said, go ahead and Our wives and little ones will be prey. Is it not better for us to just go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's choose a captain and return to Egypt. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my. They let their emotions completely rule how they saw everything. They forgot about God. The problem was they had no God in their filter. Right. That's good. I mean, they had been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. And so the filter that they saw their lives by, they looked at themselves, they looked at other people by, was kind of this, I'm a victim. They were oppressed people, Mm -hmm. right? And they live with that mental filter for 400 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to create neural pathways to just say, <laughs> I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed, right? That was their normal. Yeah, right. Then God brings them out of that slavery. With a mighty hand, he brings them out in his power. He delivers them from Egyptian bondage. He's leading them to the promised land. Yeah. But they've got to go through the wilderness first. And we go like, why do we have to go to the wilderness? <laughs> Well, because it's the time for our minds to get renewed. This is why we all end up in a wilderness. God is using That's good. this to help us learn to trust him, put a new filter on. Uh-huh. I am, they were called his chosen people. They weren't slaves anymore. Great. Chosen they were not people. under the bondage of Pharaoh. God was saying, you're my people, you're special to me. And we have to learn <sighs> through this time as we walk through our own wilderness, when everything looks contrary to that. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't look like it's what God is saying, this is when we get to choose to believe and have Amen. faith and trust. And that's how we change our mental filter. That's how we start a new pathway in our mind. And so their mental attitude had to change. But, you know, sometimes it's easier. Like, they're like, let's just go back to Egypt. Sometimes it's easier to just stay with the familiar, to return back to the familiar, isn't it? Come on. Even yeah. if it's destructive. I mean, they said, oh, we had melons in other chapter. We had cucumbers. We had all the fish we wanted. But it's like, yeah, but you were oppressed. <laughs> you forgot that, you know, there was bondage there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think often people do this. I, I, often women will do this. You know, return to an abusive spouse. Keep returning. And you, th- you think, why do, why do people do this? Why? I think it's because the familiar is just easier. 
even when it's destructive, yeah. it seems easier to just stay with what I know rather than the unfamiliar. Is like, I don't know. I at least know this. I don't know what's out there. Come on. But this is yeah. where God will say, get out of the boat. You know, you got to walk with me. This is part of how it feels to walk by faith and trust. It feels like he's, he's your foundation. It's like you're walking on water sometimes. But that's okay. That's actually the new normal. Yes, that's the new filter that we live with Come when on. we live according to faith in the kingdom of God. Sure. And the devil is always sitting on our shoulder. Don't do it. You yeah. never know. It's too scary out there. Just stay with what you know. You can't fully trust God. Mm. But we have mm. to press on. This is part of pressing on and breaking barriers in yes. our own mind. I thought about this as Jason was doing the announcements today. And I thought, there are mental filters on people sitting in this room. Whenever we mention offering, you have a mental filter. Nope, not me. <laughs> Doesn't apply to me. You have to judge yourself on these things, you know, or, or getting involved, like, let's say, with a box or coming to the men's fellowship. Nope, I don't do that. Well, maybe God's saying, maybe you should do that. <laughs> so we have to be careful. We have to stop and think, wait, I can't just have this cognitive bias, I just go yeah, there. No, good. I don't. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Maybe God wants to teach me something. Maybe I have a filter on my mind. Something fresh and new. Something fresh and new, because God will help you. It takes courage to have faith in God. It really does. Yes, take new land. Then that's the only way our mind can get renewed when we are willing to step into the unfamiliar and say, but with, but with God, it'll be okay. He will help me. Look at, look at verse 8 and 9. This is, this is what Joshua's response was. Verse 8 and 9. Numbers 14, 8 and 9. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he'll bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and yeah. the Lord is with us. Yeah. Do not fear them. It wasn't different facts that they saw. Yeah. It's the filter. It's the filter which they looked. So how do you get a new filter? <laughs> you begin by reframing what you're looking at. We're talking about renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It should be highlighted in your Bible. Then the next piece of battle gear is going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5. So how do you reframe something? Let's do it this way. In the morning, you got to change your inner dialogue. Do you know? Because you could start off the day by saying, it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> it's going to be a hard day. I got so much to do. I don't even like these people. They drive me crazy here at work. I have so much to do. I, I don't, I'm not going to get it all done. I'm just not. I'm so overwhelmed. You're still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so tired. Life is hard. Life is bad. My wife and these kids drive me crazy. I'm tired of this stupid car. I can't stand the people I work with. 
What kind of day are you going to have framed like that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Am I stepping on anybody's toes? <laughs> and so how do you reframe that? You reframe it by you wake up. Exact same situation, same car, same people, yeah, same right, work. Same, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a lot going on today. But you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. I'm so thankful, God, you love me. You're going to help me today. Yes, I'm so thankful that I have a job. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful that you love me and you shed your love abroad in my heart. Even though these people are difficult, Lord, I want to shine my light. I want to share the yeah. love of God that you yeah. put in my heart yeah. with each one of these people. I know they might have some tough times going on, Lord. Even though they drive me crazy, I still want to love them. And Lord, thank you for that old clunker car yeah. because... <laughs> I can get to work at least, <laughs> and I believe it's going to be a good day. Yeah, all right. Who's Reframe it. Yeah, reframe it. Yeah. Reframe your life yeah. according yeah. to the Word of God. Yeah, you can't control. This is up on PowerPoint. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Yeah, that's good. You can control how you frame it. And so often, yeah, our life... You know, we have goals, we have of the future, but life happens, twists yeah. and turns happen. Come on. Right? You end up in unexpected places sometimes, unexpected seasons, longer than you thought it would be. I thought I'd be further in my life by now, mm-hmm. or I didn't expect this relationship, this thing, my family, like to be so hard, so difficult. You find yourself like, Lord, I'm trying hard to follow you. Like, why am I not where I wanted to be? You mm-hmm. can become confused by these things. And if you ever think like that and wake up like that. Like, this is not the way I thought it would be. The Apostle Paul can understand. He, under, he went through exactly the same kind of thing. He knows what you would feel like. Yeah. He had a heart, the Apostle Paul, you know, to, to serve God, to please God, to preach the gospel, to spread <laughs> the gospel. His, he, when he felt called to go to Rome to preach the gospel, because it was like the hub of the known world. From there, it could really spread out and be effective. But instead of preaching in Rome, we know that Paul finds himself in Rome as a prisoner. He's locked up under house arrest, and he's waiting possible execution. Yes. Like everything that he wanted in that way was like the opposite. It was flipped, right? I mean, he found himself, how many times does he talk about he was beaten five times with 39 lashes, right? Beaten three times with rods, one stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. Perils, you know, in the rivers. Perils from thieves, bandits, sleepless nights. He goes on and on about all this, you know, that he was betrayed by countrymen, false brethren. You look at his life, you go, oh, wow. Like, what am I complaining about? (laughs) I mean, Paul could have framed all of that in one of different ways. Yes, he could have framed it all to the negative after what God, he got help, you know, appeared to him, gave him revelation yeah. of his life. And if he would have framed it all to the negative, you know, he, we know that he wrote so much of the New Testament. We, I'd say he, would, he could have authored the NWV version of the Bible, of Scripture. You know what version that is? The New Winer's version. <laughs> And this is how he would have framed it. This is on, 
He would have said this about Philippians under the New Winer's version. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what's happened to me really stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And as a result of the torture and torment and betrayal I've been through, I'm quitting church life and never going back. (laughs) The New Winer's version. (laughs) No, this is what he actually said. Yeah. Don't look for that on you, version. It won't yeah, be there yeah. yet. Yeah, there is no... That's funny. Yeah, Philippians 1, 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Paul could have reframed it negative, but he didn't. Yeah. He saw this that, I've got a captive audience here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Pris- the prisoner? Yeah. Prisoners, guards. Yeah, who's the prisoner? These guys are prisoners to the sin. And I'm I'm a free man in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it's an important thing. How do you frame your circumstances? Yeah. According to the mind of the flesh or the mind of the spirit? <laughs> We reframe our circumstances because you could say, you know what, this happened. Let's say you got a car crash. You could reframe it by saying, oh, you could say, oh, no, insurance rates going up. You know, this car, I got to pay the tow guy and I got to talk to the comps and it's like, it's it's, it's expensive only. Everything and everything. Or you could reframe and say, praise God, no one got hurt. We'll be without a car for a little while, but we'll, we'll make it. We, we get, nobody is hurt. Nobody's in the hospital. I don't have any hospital bills. Praise God. It, it could have been, in a, your, your daughter, your son could have been a vegetable. Praise God, nobody got hurt. We, we always have something to be grateful for. Uh, if, if we were in that girl's situation, walking four miles... to get food stamps, where would our mind be? What, what kind of neural pathways did, have we created? Now, we have to judge ourselves with this because we want God to do things for us. But if we go back to Romans chapter 12, it says, you renew your mind. Yeah. He says, you renew your mind. You reframe it. We need a God filter on our lives. We say we follow him. We have to see life from his eyes. We have to see, we have to agree with him and who he says we are. Who are we? Well, guess what? You're in the image of God himself. You're loved with an everlasting love. You're created to be loved and give love. Jesus came so that your sins could be completely forgiven, that you could be born of his spirit. And we know that if we reframe our circumstances, you're actually starting to live by faith. It takes effort to do this. This just doesn't happen. I said a prayer and now I should, why is this happening? I'm a Christian. Well, join Paul. Yeah. And join most of us. 
We know this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Look at this. It says, we know, all that all, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purposes. Right. With God, there's always hope. You know, you can find what you're looking for. That's right. Yeah. If you look for the negative, you're going to find it. If you look for the positive, you, I promise you'll find it. Right. You will. Yeah. It's all about the filter you have and the reframing that you must do. Yeah. I mean, if you look for the good, you'll find good. Exactly. If you look for the bad, you'll find bad. If you want to see what's wrong with everything, what's yeah. bad, what's not working, what's wrong with the world, well, you can really live a depressed, negative life. True. I don't know about you. I don't want that. Amen. <laughs> but instead, if you look with a God filter, He's still on the throne. Hallelujah. He loves you. His power hasn't faded, right? That's right. We sing that song, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working. Yep. This is what this scripture is about. He can work all things together for good. And that takes faith to believe that. When you're, hit, when you're in a difficult situation, it's like, well, God, you're the redeemer. It's, you can bring good yep. out of this. Use my life, Lord. This is not the end of my life. This is how Paul framed it. And the, look at, we're still preaching from the, the same, the words, the gospel's still spreading 2,000 years later. And producing God will never, he doesn't forget you. We t the devil sits on your shoulder and says, God's forgotten you. But his power is still working. He will work something good. He will resurrect some kind of life out of it for his glory. And you're good if we trust him. Yes. He gives beauty for ashes, he says. Right? If we will believe. If we will believe. And reframe it. And reframe it. And so if you look for the goodness, this is our last slide here before we close. If you look for the goodness of God, even in the brokenness of this world. Yep, come on. Because the world is broken. You'll find it if you look for the goodness, if you put your eyes on him and keep your eyes on him. And so we're going to take communion, but we're going to pray here before we close this service out and yeah. then begin to get ready for communion. Father, we ask you, by the power and help of the Holy Spirit, help us, Holy Spirit, to reframe yes. our thinking. And even though we may be going through some stuff, and we all go through stuff, Sometimes very difficult stuff. It's like the song we sang. You are good. You never change. And so if we would just by faith say that, you are good. And you're always working to help me. It opens up. It opens up a pathway for blessing in our life. And so help us, Lord, to see you. See the circumstances of our life through your goodness. Yes. Let your, I pray your love. Lord, and the hope and the goodness of God would shape our, the filter in our mind. Forgive us, Lord, for whining and complaining. Yes. We have so much to be grateful for. Father, we are determined with your help. We say this by faith, to see the good instead of the negative. Yes. Father, we, we desire, and with your help, we are going to think and speak with words of hope with words of faith that you are and you will work out everything for good in my life. Yes. And if you're, you're here today, you know, and you don't see God working, maybe it's because you don't have a relationship with him, mm. a real relationship with the Lord 
Jesus gave his life on the cross. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin so that you can escape the punishment of hell and eternal death. That's the greatest gift, salvation. And then you become a new creation in Christ. Yes. All things pass away, all things become new. And and the purpose for your life, the meaning of your life now begins. Is there anybody here who desires to give their life to Christ this morning? All it is is just takes a prayer, a simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. I turn from my past. I'm giving my life to you. Help me, Lord, to live for you from this day forward. Hallelujah. Worship you, Lord. Thank you. And so we want to partake of communion together. And so the ushers can begin to pass out the elements. Yes. If you are a believer, communion is for you. If you are not a believer, then we recommend you just let the elements pass by you. Yes, because we need to approach communion reverently, that's for sure. A a time to pause and reflect about our lives, how we're living our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, it says this. It says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself carefully before eating the bread. This is a point that we've, we've got to understand that we're doing this as a body of Christ. We're partaking as a body of Christ. We're each one of us. We're partaking of the body of Christ as an individual but yet as a church we're partaking of the blood of Christ together as an individual and as a body of Christ as a community life church themselves this is really important for us to understand the unity that God wants to build in the local church so it's this moment here as as all the elements I think everybody has the elements that scripture that you read from 1 Corinthians, it really is about doing, it tells us in scripture to do a heart check before you take communion. So let's just, you know, just privately, you could just bow your own head and ask, ask the Lord, any unconfessed sin in my life, corrections, Lord, unsurrendered areas of my life that I need to confess to you before I partake yes. of the body and blood of Christ. And we thank you, Lord. You say you're faithful and just to forgive us when we when we confess our sins. Yes. And faithful, Lord, to cleanse us from unrighteousness. So we, we do this together as a community of believers to help us grow in love and unity. And these elements, they represent the body and the blood of Christ, which are sacrificed for you and for me. We partake a piece of the loaf here, recognizing that we are part of the body. Do I treat the body of Christ with honor? These are things we need to ask ourselves. Do I promote its unity in my family, in the church, in in the body of Christ around the world? Do I care? Yes. Because his body was broken so that ours could be healed and we could come together as one body. And so... We want to partake of the bread 
and now and we thank you Lord for helping us to honor you now we take the cup and what we're saying is that we're sharing together the blessing of Christ's blood his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins then a question would be, am I laying hold of any sin, any unforgiveness that I need to confess and get that off? Yes. Is it time to, to judge ourselves? Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sins and our hidden faults. Yes. Go ahead and partake of the cup. Thank you, Lord. We remind ourselves, Lord. <laughs> that you are coming again. Yes. And we ask that you would do a work in us, that you would transform us right now so that we can be ready for you, that we can be that pure, spotless bride that you're looking for. Yes. In Jesus' name.